Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. This is a great episode today if you are single, but also if you're in a relationship because Anisha is just so dynamic. She's so funny. And I really think that you're going to love what she has to say in her perspective. We talk about so many important subjects here, like how, you know, we both were celibate at one point in our dating life and keeping the door open after breakups, Indian culture versus American culture. If we should date someone who we're raised similar to or like raised different from, You'll see, you'll check it out. But before we get into it, I'm going to answer a few of your questions in a quick solo. I had asked you to submit them as always, and a lot of them were very similar this time around. The first one, which came up a lot, is all about approaching people of your desired gender in like non social settings, also in social settings. And I would say, you know, I had done a TikTok like where to find cute guys in the city and everyone's like, okay, but then what? I spoke to my boyfriend about this and to his friends and it's honestly, it's just something as simple as like, hi, how's it going? I think we overthink these things, at least I do as a woman, but in reality, guys like always want to talk to you. So as long as you just say like, hi, or what are you guys up to later? It's such an easy icebreaker. And really, I mean, you have to find someone out of your group of friends that's like the most outgoing. I remember right before the pandemic, I was at Pastis in the city with a group of girlfriends and I saw a table of guys and they weren't like blowing us away with how cute they were, but they were like a seemingly nice group of guys. And so I went up to them as we were leaving and I was like, hey guys, like what's your plan for tonight? And I think it's also easier when you're like already in a relationship because you don't care what the outcome is. And that's why you should always like push your friend who's in the relationship to be the one to do the talking. But I was just like, what are you guys up to tonight? And they were like, I don't know. Like we might, I think they were like, we might go to Acme or to like Casablanca. I don't know, some bar or restaurant or club. And I was like, cool. Like, I think we're going to go to Soho house um, for a bit. And then maybe like to Acme, should we see you there? And one of the guys was like, yeah, like grab, grab one of our numbers. You know, it was like a very seamless conversation. And I feel like there's no reason to overthink it most of the time, especially when it's like a group of guys out or a group of girls out, like they want to have that experience. Even if most of them are in relationships, there's always going to be someone who isn't, or maybe someone who isn't happy in their relationship, who just wants to have like a night out, not encouraging that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, 
no one's going to be so hesitant to like go hang out with someone of their desired gender. And I feel like we have to normalize that. And it's not the same thing as like you being like, will you go on a date with me? No, it's like this chill, like let's hang. We're girls, you're guys or we're guys, you're girls. You know, let's, let's do it. A reflection on my 20s and the different phases that I went through. This is a really interesting question. And I feel like this comes up a lot and maybe we need to do a full episode on it. But I would say when I was 20, when I had just graduated from college, I was still living at home. And that's when I kind of went into my depression. I didn't know what I was doing in my job. I had like recently been fired. I'd recently been dumped for the first time, like straight up rejection. And I was just so like insecure and naive. And I didn't know that you couldn't like stay over the next day after you slept at a guy's. Like I would be that that girl that stayed the next day. And I also like, I was a huge stoner, a huge pothead. And I would stay and like smoke weed at the guy I was dating's apartment while like his roommate was like working from home and was like, what the fuck is this girl doing? I just overstayed my welcome. <laughs> like that's a perfect way to put it with so many guys that I dated. I didn't know. I didn't, first of all, have have my own place. So I didn't really have a place to go. And then I also just, I didn't know what it was like to date multiple people at once. I remember I was dating some guy when I was 23 and he was like, just so you know, I'm dating other people too. And I was like, what? And, And ended it because that was like something I couldn't handle. Whereas as I grew up and got older and was like in my mid 20s, like I was that person who was dating multiple people. And I didn't think that like, if you told me younger Lindsay was not doing that and like was scared of that, I would be like, what are you talking about? And so, and also like I I wasn't busy and then I got really busy. And I remember I used to complain to my dad like, oh, like I wish I, you know, had things going on. And he would be like, don't worry one day, like you're going to wish that you didn't have as much going on. And I didn't believe him. And then of course, as you get older, you do have more things going on. And so I think, you know, the phase of me being young and naive happened. And then there was a phase in my like mid twenties where I had been hurt before. And so I just wanted to date someone who really liked me. So I just dated someone who really, really liked me. And that was literally my entire reason for dating them. I was like, they really like me. They're going to treat me well. So I did that, you know, when I was 25, thinking that I'm getting old, I need to, you know, reel it in. I need to have a, have like a husband potential. No, like 25 is so young. I wish I could have told myself that back then, but I was taking myself so seriously at the time. Like I would say to my friends who were just like sleeping around for fun, like, or partying, like you guys really should be thinking about like being with someone like that you really would consider a lifelong partner. Like what, what the, what was I talking about? I certainly had no idea. And I was making, you know, choices that I feel like I had pressure to make, but I don't even know who was putting the pressure on me. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I want to date someone I actually like, but I wouldn't date like within my culture, which is Jewish. Like I was like, I don't want to date someone who my parents like will love because they're everything my parents want them to be. I want to date someone that I like, you know? And so it was totally, um, it made no sense, but you know, I wanted to date these people who I thought were like cool and different and totally not like me, like strangers almost. And I was really unattracted to people that I kind of knew or like had a friend in common with. So then I had that phase. 
And then I realized that I wanted something a little bit more similar to me. And that was like perfect timing. That was right about when I met my now partner. And he's like, you know, it's so cheesy, but really everything that I didn't realize that I needed and wanted. The stigma of being single in your 30s. This is a perfect episode for this because Anisha is single and she's 36, but she is so motivating and so amazing. And, you know, she's found herself in that situation because of the choices she made. And she's really open about that. And I don't think that it's a negative situation. I don't think that there should be a stigma. I think that your 30s, like watch watch more Sex in the City and get motivated because your 30s are the best time in your life, sexually and career-wise. Like you're hopefully making a lot of money or like enough money to not be dependent on your parents at this point or on like a partner. And so you have money to spend. You've got experience under your belt. Like your 30s is a blast if you if you change the narrative and you know if you're not going into dinners like first dates and being like oh i need to get married and blah 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 that's not cute but if you're going into dinners like i'm loving my life and i would only change it for someone really worth it then that's how you do your 30s fears and concerns about long-term commitment. I feel like everybody has fears and concerns about this, but I think my fear is always like, what if I made the wrong choice? I think that with my partner now, I don't really ever think that. More just like, how can we navigate X problem that comes up? Or like we had a fight yesterday and I used to be really reactive. And that's why that's another reason I started therapy, but why I started CBT therapy or DBT therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, or maybe it's cognitive. I always uh, mix them up. Um, This is what happens when I try to talk fast for you guys. But I went to this therapy because I wanted to control my reactions to things because I'm very reactive as a person. And we are in this apartment right now and we're moving next month and it's so exciting. And we might've found an apartment, so TBD. But we have this really tiny kitchen and I was baking and he was in the kitchen and he was like, you're in my space. And he was joking, but I flipped out and just was like, I came over here to check the banana bread because you wanted the banana bread. And like, this is shut, like, you're so annoying, blah, blah, blah. Like just screaming. And it was really not okay of me. But... I don't know. It's just like the way that I am. Like I have some very toxic fighting habits that are still ingrained in me from like growing up, from like seeing, you know, things that maybe like my parents had done or like the way I fought with my sister growing up, like not to like get into like an open therapy session with you guys. But I think like that happens. And so I want, like I, I get nervous about that. And I'm like, what if I like yell at my kid like that? Like I, what if I yell at him in front of our, our kid like that? Like you have to think about this stuff. And so like my fears and concerns are more about like me being controlled and, and not out of hand. Um, and then lastly, are men intimidated by women who have good jobs? And is that why they go younger? I think boys are intimidated by women who have good jobs. I know plenty of men who are seeking women who are crushing it and, you know, in banking and like doctors. And so I think like immature men or insecure men who don't feel good about their own career possibly are intimidated. But like, I think, you know, the person that you'd want to be with if you are someone who has an amazing career as a woman is someone who not only can handle it, 
but thinks it's awesome and is your biggest cheerleader. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I'm super hesitant to use anything on my face, like anything at all, because it's just scary. Like you never know what's out there. I feel like your skin and your face is like the most precious thing that you could ever have. And you want to protect that. And so when I heard about Curology, I was like, wait, this is something that's not going to make my skin worse. That actually has everything in it to make it better, but not change how it is, you know? And that was like what really drew me to it because Curology customizes a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. Whether it's acne, fine lines, dark spots, occasional breakouts. I had just gotten back from Miami for five months when I started Curology. And I felt like my skin was like ruined from the sun. And I had written all of this in my, you know, personalized plan. And they matched me with a licensed dermatology provider who got to know my skin and gave me like the most amazing lotions and cleansers. And I used all of them. And I'm telling you, my skin healed so quickly. Take control of your skin, whether it's acne, dark spots, breakouts, or whatever your unique concerns are. And go to curology.com slash acne. You can get a 30-day free trial. And all you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash Acme. And unlock your free 30-day trial. Curology.com slash Acme now. The only thing worse than having sex with someone too quickly, sorry, is having sex with someone too quickly without wearing a condom. Like I really am way more sex positive than you guys think, but it's so important to protect yourself. Like even if you sleep with them early, fine, do you, but protect yourself, put a condom on, like, don't be silly because that's just really how it all goes wrong. And like, you want to be respecting yourself. Like you're a classy person. It's weird if you don't bring up using a condom at all. And like, I understand your concerns. Like you probably have had weird experiences with condoms or like some asshole guy was like, oh, I can't feel anything with a condom. Well, then they obviously haven't used skin. Skin is for people who actually want to feel everything during sex. It's made from skin feel, which is a revolutionary non-latex polyosoprene material that makes our condoms noticeably softer and provide a more natural fit and feel. It is such a turn on when a woman owns condoms, when a guy owns condoms, because it shows that they care about themselves and want to protect themselves. You really need to check it out. I'm telling you, it's so important to not only use a condom, but to feel everything during sex. So you can shop for skin condoms on amazon.com. It's super easy. Just go to amazon.com and type in S-K-Y-N and get your condoms now. Take care of yourself and choose to feel everything. I'm Amanda Lippman. I run an organization called Run For Something. I wrote a book called Run For Something. And now I host this show also called Run For Something. My mission is simple. Find people who care about solving problems and help them run for office. Every Tuesday, I'll talk with amazing and incredible candidates and elected officials who are already making a difference. They're in local offices that might seem small and not so sexy, but are actually hugely important for your day-to-day life. Fixing our broken system will take all of us and people like you. 
Listen in every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Anisha Ramakrishna. Um, Anisha was in a show called Family Karma on Bravo. If you guys, you know, check it out. Um, you would recognize her. Hey, Anisha. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You're my new therapist. I literally am. We just did an episode of Anisha's podcast called Constantly Cringing. Currently Cringing. Oh, Currently Cringing. Yeah. Okay. Well, but it's constantly, like currently, same shit. I am constantly and currently cringing. But no, I love the name. It's amazing. I feel like I am currently cringing at everything that I personally say, you know, like, you know how it is yes. as a podcast host, um, like everything that comes out of my mouth after I then am, am cringing. But I'm so happy to have you on just like to get through the basics for our listeners. Anisha, how old are you and where are you from? I am 36. I am of Indian origin from India, but I live in New York and Miami and I'm from Miami. I love it. And when you say Indian origin, like what is what does that mean to you? Um, I, we talked a little bit about Indian matchmaking on yes. your podcast and that kind of being the extent of my knowledge. But I want to learn more and I'm sure our listeners do as well. What does like, you know, that mean to you and, and how seriously are you involved with Indian culture? Right. It's actually a great question because I was born in India. I never lived there. I was born there. And I'd say like most other Indians out there living abroad outside of India, you have your non-Indian personality and your non-Indian life and your non-Indian friends outside of your home. And then in your home with your family, you're 1000% Indian. So you have you know, this dual life, these two personalities kind of that you live with. You know, I'm very I different at home with my family and with my Indian friends than I am with my non-Indian friends. It's two different people. And what person do you like better? We did like a poll question recently. Um, and it was like, who are you more yourself with, your family or your friends? So that's kind of like also what I'm asking in a way. Yeah. So I don't have many friends. I have like five friends. <laughs> they're all, you know, longtime friends. And that's enough friends. Yeah. So they're, you know, very close to me. They're, my friends are like my family. But when I'm out there, let's say at a party meeting people, then I'm completely non-Indian. The person I like the most is the person in the middle. You know, mm. I I like both because when I'm at home, there are things about, you know, my culture that I don't like. And then when I'm outside of my home, there are things out there about, you know, non-Indian culture that I don't like. For example, I'll give you a very old fashioned example, but it is the case. Like if you're with an Indian guy, most probably he's going to be a provider and take care of you. That's mm -hmm. how I was raised with that mentality. You go out into the real world and I hear of people, you know, splitting the check and you leave home when you're 18. That's wild to me. Mm -hmm. I'm learning. You know, I'm a rookie, as you know, in this dating world. I was in a 12 year relationship, now single. So and I'd I, say and there's we have a lot to talk of different that 12 year relationship. Yeah, there's a lot of different things, you know, between Indian culture and 
non-Indian culture. For example, in Indian culture, the guy pays for the check. Right. But I would argue that that should be something that happens in American culture as well. I mean, I, as I mentioned on your podcast, like I'm very traditional. And I think that a man, when a man is courting a woman, he should absolutely be paying the check. It, there's only a splitting situation or rather a switching off situation, which is something I prefer when you're in an official relationship with someone. But when they're courting you, they should be taking care of the check. Like they're the one, the person who asks you on the date should pay for it. Like point blank is is how I feel. But that's really interesting. And I feel like, you know, there's nothing wrong with having those expectations. I think a lot of the way that we date is so much of how we were raised. And that's that's really important and like not something to necessarily be ashamed of. I think it just like amplifies the fact that we should maybe be with someone who was raised similarly, if if that's something that works for us. Like, would you agree right. with that? So I'm in a very unique situation. I have only been with guys that have taken care of the check and taken care of, you know, me. And if mm-hmm. I wanted to offer, I did. And most of the time they'd say no. If I wanted to treat them or buy them gifts, of course, that's different. But I'm now in a situationship, which I've never been in in my life. And the guy is on his way. He's not established yet. Okay. And for the first time in my life, I've been paying for some things, you know, like splitting, not the whole thing, but I've been splitting for a few things here and there. And it it feels very weird. Mm. But I did that on my own. He never told me to. But he didn't stop me either. Very interesting. I think that that's okay if it's not something that like actively turns you off to him as a person. You know, if you still respect him, then it's okay. Like, I, I think my issue at least like in like relationships I've been in in the past is like, it got to a point where I, you know, I made less than this particular partner that I have in mind. Right. And he still expected me to split everything. And that to me was not cool, you know? And then I started to resent him and I lost respect for him as a person because I was just like man or woman, like the person who makes more I think should like comp like just take care of a little bit more things than the other person. Like, is that wrong to think? hundred percent. And for the first time in my life, I'm with someone who is equal or making less, but temporarily. Right. So, and I think I'm just helping. I feel like I'm helping, but my friends are like, you just lowered your standards. I'm like, I disagree. If you truly believe in this person and like think that they're going to be really like successful and they're super ambitious and it doesn't affect how you like view them, then like, of course you should, you should keep doing what you're doing. I don't think that's settling necessarily. But part of my reason subconsciously for why I felt the need to pay is maybe because when I started this situationship, I went in thinking this is just a friends with benefits. I'm going to be out of this soon. You know, I'm not taking this seriously. And maybe it was my own guilty conscience. 
Yeah, that's a good point. It, it definitely was a part of it. But I also think that when we don't look at things so black and white and we're like, oh, you know, this could be like a friend that I sleep with or whatever, then things like who's paying for what matter less. And it's funny because I've heard guys say like, if the girl lets me or if the girl offers to split it and insists, then I would think that she wasn't into me. She was because, not. Like, she doesn't. Right. Because she doesn't. Yeah. Because she doesn't right. want to like owe me something and, and whatnot, which is interesting. Yeah. And now when I don't pay, because I told you it's just whenever I feel like right. when I don't pay, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't care. Interesting. So interesting. I'm thinking the next time I see him because of our conversation, let me not pay at all and see what happens. Right. But you still wouldn't do the reach? At what like point the, do you like, stop pretending to reach? <laughs> I think when you're when you're official, but I feel like before that, it seems too entitled to stop reaching. But he's never said, oh no, I got this. If I reach, then I pay. <laughs> Right. That's that's really interesting. I think in your particular situation, keep doing what you're doing. Like decide when you want to and when, when you I don't want like to. When I feel like it. Exactly. I think like, you know, it's not, again, like it's not that black and white. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I really don't shave my legs that often. Nobody ever notices. Like I've never dated a guy who's ever said anything. But when I do, it's really nice. And it's really important to have a proper razor that won't irritate my skin because my skin is super, super sensitive. And I also want a razor that's really cute and that doesn't immediately get like all clogged up and disgusting when I use it like once. I need a razor that makes shaving like not complicated and scary and leaves my skin moisturized and smooth and bump free. And that's why I'm obsessed with Athena Club razor. If you haven't heard of Athena Club, they make these amazing razors that have like thousands of five-star reviews and they're designed with built-in guards and an innovative handle to help prevent razor burn. So if you're someone that shaves a lot, especially as like the weather is getting nice, you need to be part of Athena Club. They have this dreamy shave foam also, and it's like usually sold out, but it's back in stock right now. And I used to get like the CVS shaving cream. And this is so much better because again, like it moisturizes your skin and it leaves you feeling so soft and good and wanting to like stick your legs in your partner's face and be like, look, I shaved, which is something I do because it's a rare moment. And they also have a dewy body lotion and a creamy body wash in three new scents. I am loving their lotion because even though I feel moisturized after shaving, I also like to put a little lotion on. Definitely check it out. My razor is green and you can choose totally and design your razor all the way that you like it. So show your skin that you care with Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order when you go to athenaclub.com and use promo code ACME. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com and use promo code ACME for 20% off. The clubs are back. Go to Athena Club. You guys know if you've been listening to the podcast or if you follow us on Instagram, how passionate I am about therapy. I talk about it more often than I talk about my own relationship. It is so important to work on your mental health. And recently, I had a fight with my partner 
and had to look within and say, wow, am I going to, you know, am I talking to someone regularly? Am I sharing about my issues or am I keeping it all inside? And I think it's tough, like, especially with all of this underlying fear and uncertainty that the pandemic had thrown at us, like our normal support systems are no longer in place. It's so crucial to work with a therapist that can actually give you that support that you're missing right now. And having someone to talk through your worries and help prioritize what's really important can truly work wonders. I'm telling you, more than ever, it's a really good idea to seek out a little extra help. And that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It actually means that you're using this as a tool for your life to be better. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform that has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. Your therapist can help you set and achieve your goals. And everything with relationships starts with your mental health. I say that all the time, and I really can't stress it enough. Talkspace is secure and private. There's the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store your information, complying with, you know, all the HIPAA regulations. I promise you that Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. You don't have to wait for an appointment. You can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7, and they'll engage with you daily, five days a week. They've got thousands of therapists with tons of experience with anything that you can imagine. Substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food and diet issues. You know, there's so much that we have going on and there's so many options for you in Talkspace. As a listener of this podcast, because I really want you to put your mental health first, you're going to get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure you use the code ACME to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's ACME as the code and Talkspace.com, $100 off. So we talked on Currently Cringing about a little bit about astrology. Um, Can you remind us, Anisha, what are your big three, as they say? Okay. I am a cusper. I'm September 22nd, Virgo Libra, but I'd say I'm a Virgo sun, Leo moon, Leo rising. And I asked on your podcast, but you didn't really want to get into it, but maybe you'll give us a little bit more. Yes, on yours. What is this guy's um, astrology? He's a Gemini. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm tired of Um, them. Are you a Gemini? I'm not a Gemini. I'm a Libra. I'm right after you. So you were in a 12-year relationship, which I want to get into. What was his sign? He was also Gemini? Yes. And my mom is a Gemini and my best friends are Gemini's. You must have some Gemini in your chart somewhere. I think it's the fire. The Leo attracts Mm. the air. Yes. Well, that is for sure. That is for sure. So you are, we're dating this Gemini guy for 12 years. How did you initially meet this person? Through friends. Okay. And like, what were the ages in which you were dating this person? From 21 to 33. So just out of curiosity, and you don't have to answer, but did you lose your virginity to this person? Okay, wow. So this was like a really intense relationship for you. Intense, fun, amazing. I have nothing negative to say. 
And what was the reason that it ended? And we touched a little bit on your podcast about this. We were both career driven and I was never interested in getting married. And we were both living, you know, those dangerous sayings people say like, YOLO, live in the moment, be present. Yeah. And then before you know it, it's been 12 years and you wake up and you're like, wait, (laughs) maybe I do want to get married. Maybe I do want to have a child. And maybe I resented the fact that he didn't push for those things. But then Mm. the other side, they might say, well, he thought you didn't want those things. You didn't ever bring up like at the oh, we a, did. as things were ending. We talked about everything all the time from day one, but we never moved to the same city. We never lived in the same city in the second half of the relationship. We were in the same city in the first half and then not. Where were city. you and where was he? I was in New York and he was in D.C. for the last six years. And we would see each other more than most couples, I'd say, Friday to Monday spend every Friday to Monday together, took vacations together, did everything together. We were like a together couple. We did everything together. And so, you know, at some point you wake up as a woman and you're like, okay, but you just listened to me. Like, maybe you should have asked me to marry you or maybe you should have like pushed for it or had a plan for us because I'm old fashioned. I agree. But I I will say like men are not mind readers. Like if I've learned anything, like men need to be guided like in every way, shape or form. So, so basically what you were saying was you were like, I don't want to get married and have a family. And he was like, okay. Right. But you wanted him to be like, no, you do. Like, let's have one. Eventually later on. Yes. Like I'd say the last three years of it. And Mm -hmm. then I realized we both were so career driven that no one wanted to give up their jobs to move to, to the move. Other and that's place. understandable yeah. too. Now as a millennial, you're not going to give up your kick-ass job if you don't find right. a better one. Fair. I think the way that long distance can work is if there is an end game and one person is like eventually going to move to the other person or at least like you're going to get engaged and figure out, you know, making it work through the different cities and then eventually blah, blah, blah. But I think if both people like have their guns up and like won't surrender, then that can be really tough. Two tough cookies in a relationship. And a lot of people won't like this. Fellow Dear Media sister Caroline Stanberry said it. Sometimes you just, you know, you're just over the relationship. It just runs its course. And that's a scary thing for me because it happened to me. Maybe Mm. every decade, you're a different person. Definitely. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with with that statement. And I actually interviewed Caroline for this podcast and she was great. And I'm excited for everyone to hear that. Um, But I think that's, that's really normal. I don't think there should be a stigma around a relationship running its course at all. And that doesn't mean that it wasn't perfect for your life in that moment and you didn't learn X, Y, and Z. But I think the relationship was, you know, I I really think everything happens for a reason. And that relationship ended so that you could find something that was better for you in your life. And I think you're lucky in a way that that didn't become like a marriage with kids because like that would have been a lot. Now I'm 
I'll say what's very difficult now for me is that I was with someone that respected me, treated me like a queen, and was very kind and mindful. That doesn't mean you stay with someone because they're nice. I just want to put that out there. However, uh, having been in the dating game now, you know, full throttle in this past year, a lot of people aren't nice. A lot of people are not Mm -hmm. kind. A lot of people aren't polite and don't have manners. That's been difficult for me because I do compare. But it's a good thing, I think, if you're comparing in the way that you're like, I'm not going to settle for someone who doesn't treat me well, then that's amazing. Like, thank God I had someone that treated me like a princess. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's really important to have that like relationship that healthy relationship experience. I also would argue that it's important to have that unhealthy relationship experience so that you recognize what a healthy relationship looks like. Yes, I had that. <laughs> there you go. Um, let me guess. Was it another Gemini? It was an Aquarius. Oh, I've had that too. Um, so we are definitely sisters in that way. Um, but you got out of this 12-year relationship and you made a decision that most people don't make when they get out of relationships. Most people, and even I would advise, you know, in order to get over someone, you got to get under someone else. But you did the complete opposite. What is it that you did? I became celibate. Can we normalize celibacy and not having sex and working on yourself? That was me. I love that. And actually, I had a moment where I was kind of celibate, but it wasn't by choice as much. I was feeling really shitty about myself, like similar to, um, you know, things that we talked about on your podcast. And I was depressed for like a year. And so my like libido disappeared in, in a lot of ways. And I was like, not horny at all. Like I, I legit masturbate like every night. Really? I, well, when I'm not like having sex, but yeah. Lucky you. I, you know, I'm, I also think it's genetics. I'm not built that way. Right. Interesting. I don't want to think about that. Does that mean like my parents are like that? No, I wish I wish, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying for me, I also want mm-hmm. to make it clear. I didn't force myself to be celibate. Like right. you, I had no interest. I just didn't want to touch anybody or be with anybody else. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, I don't know if you would consider yourself during that time depressed, but I certainly, certainly was. And it was only after like I started seeing a therapist and working on my mental health that I, that that became like lifted and I got interested in that stuff again. For you, um, what was your reasoning behind your, you know, choice of celibacy? My reasoning was for me, dating boys are a distraction. And I was in a place in my life where I had just come out of this and I felt like, oh, I know what it's like to be in a relationship and to date. And I just don't want to do that right now. And I'd rather just do other things that are fun, like go to the gym, go to yoga. Why don't you get the body you've always dreamed of? Start a business, get on a TV show, go out and hang out with your girlfriends. And I did that for three years to the point where my family and friends were like, okay, this is not normal now. You need to go meet somebody. And Mm -hmm. of course, for the first two years, I'm not going to lie, there's that hope you're going to get back together. And I held on to that hope for two years. 
thinking if I sleep with someone else or if I go out with someone else, then I totally end it. You know, that door is closed forever. It's never opening again. And that kind of happened this year because, you know, we had COVID and that was a whole different story, right? Like I thrived in COVID. I know it was a terrible time for a lot of people. And for me, it was, okay, now I really have to just sit alone, right? And be Mm -hmm. by myself. And I really learned a lot about myself. Having said that, I got back into the dating world in 2021. Three years of self-help, therapy, and whatever, yoga, wrecked in one month. (laughs) Got destroyed by a guy. It happens. Doesn't matter how much you work on yourself. Love, relationships, it's tough. It happens and there's nothing wrong with it. Like we need to give ourselves the grace to change our minds about things that we, you know, want to change our minds about, especially with sex. I feel like it's it's just not that big of a deal. Like if we decide we want to sleep with someone and we talked about this on your podcast, like especially if it's we want to sleep with someone just to sleep with someone, not necessarily with an agenda behind right, it. Right, that was Then I case. feel like... Exactly. Then like, perfect. You know, it's almost like you were almost building up the sexual tension on your own by having this celibacy situation. And then like, you know, what was having sex for the first time after three years of not? Very bad. What was it like? Very bad. (laughs) Did you forget what to do? I didn't forget. I'm very good at it, honey. (laughs) But I will say I had no emotion. I I almost felt Mm -hmm. like a guy. Interesting. Didn't think much of it. Still don't. Seal mm-hmm. has been broken. What does it mean to be good at sex? I don't know. I just said that. I, I'm not going <laughs> to say I'm bad at it, right? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think most of us know what we're doing, but I've, listened, of us. I've listened to a few of uh, Dear Media podcasts and gotten some tricks. Uh-huh. Of course, Google, TikTok, and I did what those people told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. the guy wants to see me again. So I don't know. So you must be doing something right. I but we know. did talk about something on your podcast that I want to transfer the combo to mine, which I found really interesting. I feel like such a big like reason behind the whole sex conversation, something that we were talking about on your podcast is because a guy like from my experience has never had sex with someone and been like hooked on this person. Agree. Because like guys can have sex with anything and, and come and like, it's like pizza to them. Like it's good no matter what, like if it's cold, like it's still pizza and girls, like we really rarely have good sex with someone the first time. Never. (laughs) <laughs> like one out of 10. I think the I think maybe there was like two people that I had an orgasm with the first time I ever had sex with them. And it was like a fluke. Like it was random. Like it was like accidental almost, you know? And so I think it's so much more important for like that, like men. And I, we talked about this in an episode we had with this great guy named Jonathan. And we talked about how men like, fall for women through like experience and how you and, make like, them qu- feel how you make them feel quality time spent together but women do it through like that physical like connection whether whether we want to or not like 
we can't really, it's harder for us to, or at least, you know, I, I can't talk for all women, but it's harder for like me to sleep with someone if I don't feel some sort of connection with them. So like if, if like the sex is really good, then I might be more into them than I would be, but it's not really the same the other way around, which is interesting. Well, I definitely forced myself to just get out there and do this. I had like a goal in mind because I am very traditional. But now that I did, you know, break the seal, I'm thinking, thank God I did because I learned so much about the person sooner than maybe in three months or a month down the road. In this particular case. Like penis size or like how they are after well, sex cuddling? You know, like my friend says, size does matter, but it's all about the motion in the ocean, honey. The motion in the ocean, 100%, how they work it. So for me, it was more about opening up to one another mm-hmm. because we did the deed. You you feel more comfortable with one another and you talk about things you wouldn't necessarily talk about. And I actually learned a lot about this person because of that. Now, that's not everybody. That's just my situation. It's not. And I think, again, like this person clearly liked you and you weren't trying to make them your boyfriend right away. And so I think that added a lot of why you were able to connect on an emotional level as opposed to this person like, you know, doing this thing with you and then being like, okay, like, cool. It's nice to meet you. Bye. Like I did everything that I advise all my listeners not to do. I'm doing everything wrong. Apparently I I'm splitting the bill. I already slept with the guy. I'm, he doesn't check any of my boxes, but they're not bad, yeah. right? My list, he doesn't yeah. meet any requirements that are on the list. The list is out the window. Well, sometimes you have to go against your rules. And I know like my listeners are listening to this, rolling their eyes and being like, you need to stop being such a hypocrite because you tell us that we can't do X, Y, and Z. But I think part of like following rules is knowing when you can break them. Like I, I really do. I'm also a very intuitive person. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not a bad guy. It's a good guy. Yeah. You know that. You you feel that, right? So I know like, okay, this guy, if it and, doesn't and, work out, and, he's not evil. Right. And beyond that, you know how he makes you feel. And, and if you, if any part of you was feeling insecure about him and how he feels about you, you probably wouldn't be moving forward with how the way that you are now. No, and it's 2021. It's hot girl summer. Your girl's got options. Exactly. Another thing I want to talk to you about before we close out and do some rapid fire poll questions. You were in this relationship for 12 years. I am now in a serious relationship. Um, We've been you know, living together for a year. And I sometimes will get feedback that like, and this is not for my friends. This is from like random people who like, you know, evilly review podcasts um, that like because I'm in a relationship, like I'm boring now. And I am not fucking boring. Like I am like, so I, sometimes I wish I was boring because like, I'm so like absolutely batshit, but maybe I'm hiding it. Well, I don't know. When you were in your relationship for 12 years, like did any part of you think like, am I getting boring or, you know, 
is this like bring, am I boring? I don't know. So I'd say for me, it depends on the type of guy you're with. I can tell you my ex loved my personality and who I was and allowed me to, you know, be free. And he wasn't embarrassed of the things I said. So I've always, I was always able to be myself. I wouldn't say I was ever boring. I, I'm the same way now. It's just mm. the guys I do date, including my ex, are very private. Now, my ex was okay with all of this. The next guy might not be. And if he's important enough, then I'd have to agree with you. I'd probably become a little bit boring. Yeah, I, yeah, it does cross my mind. I can't say all the things that I say if they're not comfortable with it. And it's not changing who you are. It's a level of respect. Right. It's like, just because I'm not telling you that the uh, like that last night I dressed up in lingerie and like waited on the bed and called him inside, which actually happened, doesn't mean that that's not going down. Like, you know, just because we're not like 69ing, which we're not actually. Right. I I don't talk mean... about my experiences in detail because I respect right. the person. I think the most I told you was he might be a Gemini and I did the deed. That's literally Exactly. It. And like I I feel like we're using skinny confidential as an example so often and like we love them, but like for Lauren and Michael, like they're both out there like sharing their life, but they're married, but they're also both on the pot, like on the microphone. So like, there's no like disrespect talking about their sex life because they're both like down for it. Right. You know, whereas like if we're dating, you know, whoever it might be. I date very private men, Lindsay. They don't want this. And so I'm not going to talk about them. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. And I think that it's not fair to call someone boring for being respectful of someone else. And it's like, if you want them to be, you know, talking about X, Y, and Z, that doesn't include their partner, then give them some suggestions. You know, clearly I'm bitter about this. Um, Okay. We're going to go. But really quick, that's life. People have different phases in life. So you cannot talk about those things anymore. That's it. Exactly. Okay. We're going to do some rapid fire poll questions. If you're at dinner with a person you're going to sleep with after, do you experience food anxiety? Like not wanting to be too full or like eat something I can't smelly? eat. I can't eat. <laughs> That's really funny. If you and your partner always argue on what temperature to set the thermostat, who should compromise? The one who wants it warmer or the one who wants it cooler? I pick a number in the middle. Okay. This is a good one because it kind of has to do with your uh, your ex. If your long distance significant other is much more advanced in their career than you are, should you be expected to move for them? Yes. And I've always been equal, an equal power couple relationship. So it was never you're better, you're making more. It was always more the same. Go girl. Is it weird to sleep with your partner every night if you live only a block away? Like in their house? Yeah, like sleep together no, as opposed to like having to. nights apart. That means you really like me. Cute. It's a little codependent for me if you have your own apartments, but like I respect it. Your partner likes to work out at night and it cuts into you spending time together. They have other options for when they could work out and they have said they like working out in the mornings. Who should compromise, you or your significant other? I always say if you're going to be with someone, they should be an addition to your life, not the completion. So if they Mm -hmm. like to work out at night, that's when they like to work out, period. Right. (laughs) 
It's very well said. If you and your partner have been dating for six months and met off of the dating app, is it a red flag that you haven't said I love you yet? Yes. Leave. Run. (laughs) But you met on a dating app. You barely know this person. Six months is a long time. But I don't know how old your listeners are, right? I'm 36. At six months, I better be pregnant with your child. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's epic. Um, Okay. A person you've been seeing recently got out of a relationship and says they need time to heal before jumping into another, but says that they really like you and see potential for a relationship in the future. Can this work to keep hanging out while they work at getting over their ex? Yes. Just take it day by day or no run. No, this happened to me in March. I met a great guy and he said he wasn't over his ex. And I thought, well, you've got the lottery standing in front of you and you're still worried about the scratch offs. Bye. That is an amazing quote that I will quote for the rest of my life. Yeah, bye. Can you fix a bad kisser? Yes or no? No. Interesting. I can't fix your tongue. But I feel like everyone starts as a bad kisser until they're fixed. No. Okay. The person that you're talking to leaves you on red on iMessage and Instagram and then claims that they forgot to press send. Red flag or no big deal? Red flag. Is inviting someone to start the chat on Hinge ever a good idea or is it lazy? You mean like they invite you to talk? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong like once with you've liked them already? What's wrong with that? It's lazy. It's lazy. What do you it's mean? Very lazy. Like they should call you? I'm confused. Sorry, no, I'm new like, in this like dating if you, world. If you if you send a like to someone on Hinge, okay, they have two options. They can then respond to you or invite you to chat with them. Oh, see, I didn't but even you've know already that. Liked them. I didn't know. Yeah, that. but you already liked them, so like that's lazy. Is it a turn on or turn off if a guy posts a selfie to his Instagram stories? If you're posting on Instagram, I don't want to date you at all. We're not. <laughs> we can be friends. I'm the same way. Um, how many dates in with someone before you should stop wanting to go on first dates with other people? But like you still do it. Three to four or five plus? I think five. By mm. five dates, you should know, am I going to be dating this person? Not Mm -hmm. so it's very with the times we're living in now with the pandemic, it's very difficult. It's very different. Now, if you ask me BC before COVID, five dates is more than enough. Now, I would say three months. Three months is what you should be dating someone before three months, and then you know your your boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, well, that yeah, for sure. That pre or post COVID is always the same, I think. Two to three months. Yes. More than three, take a hike. Leave. <laughs> Anisha, can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout the years? It doesn't have to relate to dating. It could be like a life advice thing too. I repeat this mantra every day. Everything happens for my good. The good and the bad, the ugly. It's because... The universe is protecting you from something. You know, I always say rejection is protection in the case of Mm -hmm. dating. And, you know, grow in the discomfort. Yes, I love that. Pain is where you should be thriving. You thrive in the Mm -hmm. pain. Just know that, you know, there's that light at the end of the tunnel. I'd say I've been there, you know, I've been in the trenches, in the dumpster fire. So my advice to everyone is that Everything is happening for your good. It's all part of the grand master plan. 
very well said. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and listen to Currently Cringing? You can listen to Currently Cringing wherever you know you listen to podcasts. And of course, you can find me on IG at Anish Ramakrishna if you can figure out how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. 